so um I didn't realize that I that I need to start referring to you as master of science. Well, I mean, You're science master. <laughs> I, I uh master Houston. Yeah, I mm-hmm. I don't want to insist upon this, but it, I mean, it is factually true that I have the qualification. I have I am a master of science. I have the degree. It's in a it's in a drawer right next to me. See, I, I, oh, you don't, you don't have your degree displayed. No, I'm not that egotistical. That's so interesting because I also do not have my degree displayed. I've met lots of people who do, and they tend to be a certain kind of person (laughs) that I don't like, you know, I, I I have been, I have been asked very many times why I don't have my degree anywhere like I, it's not displayed and i don't yeah i don't know people like people don't what know that i people don't know that i have the degree also like they assume expensive. yeah this is true they assume I, I i can't afford a frame i have student loans listen exactly maybe maybe <laughs> you get to display your degree only after you paid off your student loan right <laughs> I mean, I've seen like doctors will have their degrees displayed, but I think that's more of a like, yes, I am indeed a doctor, like put your mind at ease <laughs> kind of thing rather than like, check it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you you want I, to. I graduated from bona a bona fide days. medical school, <laughs> not from like podunk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. My, but my, I'm not a master of science. I am merely a bachelor of science. Uh, well, I mean, I am too, but, um, you're also a bachelor's. You're, I am a bachelor and so, a master of science. So degrees aren't like the, whatever. I, wonder the, if I would be married if I wasn't a bachelor of science. Do you think that's deterministic in some way? <laughs> well, so far for me, I mean, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I can do this one. My wife. <laughs> Who I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I. Oops, no, what's does weird, not exist. What's, what's weird about my degree is it's a bachelor's of science, but it's um, an English degree. That, which, yeah. Shouldn't that normally be a BA? <laughs> it should. But. Although, would I'm, you also agree with the statement that English is BS and therefore necessarily oh. get a BS degree? Dang, I wouldn't agree with that. Hot take. Uh, <laughs> because oh, certainly everything st- I learned was BS. You masters of science and your you STEM boys. But wouldn't you want to be a BA rather than a BS? I mean, um. Well, you know, I don't really care. I, I didn't well, even want is, to get a degree. So yeah, how is it? Because you have to jump through. Was it in English or was it in some kind of? It was in something else. It's called ah. university studies. Oh, which is, which is a, of course a science rather than an art. <laughs> it is definitely a, a science. That just sounds like a very specialized form of history where you just learn about university. <laughs> and that's you can, like everyone, talk about the moral acts. <laughs> that's what everyone thinks when I yeah. tell them that. But like, what it listen, is, I know a lot about universities. What it is, is the date a, that any university was founded. <laughs> what it is is it's a a degree created for for people who 
couldn't figure out what degree they wanted. And so mm. they have like disparate um, things. Right. They can't write you a degree that says undecided because that's not. How you that can't. Works. They can't give you a degree that says Renaissance man. <laughs> <laughs> if only they could. I'm pretty sure that's the degree Mike Rowe has. <laughs> oh, a BS in Renaissance man. <laughs> Knowledge and my. So what it is is it's a three. You pick. You pick three areas of focus, and you can you can expertise have the areas degree. of your expertise. Yeah. So it's like a three part degree. So mine is like the B <laughs> part is English and then it's um pre-law mm. and then it's uh That's genealogy just a draft or a bill when it's pre-law <sighs> knowledge um so th that's that's why I'm only a bachelor's what's the what was the third one I missed it oh genealogy Ge mm. genealogy genie Jenny Janie genealogy genealogy the study of Jenny's. <laughs> the study Do of the I look like I know what a JPEG is. I just want a picture of a goddamn hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> Genealogy is the study of the song eight six seven five three zero nine. Oh, I I can tell you that degree. That part of the degree was probably the most difficult. To be quite honest, like it sounds like the one that's the most BSy or like kind of dumb. Well, it sounds like yeah, it's like what are you gonna do? You're gonna get an Ancestry.com account and then just like, make your family tree, and you're like, here you go, here you go. It's it's more like um, learning to read um, old types of handwriting. And oh, like uh, the uh, like the old like um like church registries of like yeah, from it's, like the it's 1600s. Like, it's like uh, and lo, upon the eighth of October was born. Except also, you need to know how to do it in German and Latin. So ach du lieber. <laughs> so like, I don't speak German, but I can like read, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, you know, historical documents a little bit and. And the letters, like, the worst part about these old hands is that, like, there's, like, four different versions of Q. There's, like, 16 different S's. There's, right, like, and you get, the, you get the S that looks like an F. Yeah, but it could be an F, but it could be an S, but it In could Congress. be a Q, but it could, like, it, it, it's insane. Yeah. That was really probably the hardest part. Not the big surprise. Let's it talk about, let, let's talk about Monty Don. Let's talk how's about the, something important. How's that for a, a transition? <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting the toilet wow. for some reason. <laughs> um, Put I've, that coffee down. I've been pestering you for like, uh, feel like three months. I think it's since we recorded episode one, which was some weeks ago. I just wanted you to get knowledge, knowledge. on Ty Lambo. Uh, no, on uh, Monty Dog. Well, <laughs> who I watched an episode of what is it? Um, Big Dream, uh, Small Spaces. Yeah, that that's the one that's on Netflix currently in the United States. He he has tons and tons of shows from uh, the UK. Yeah, it's like every gardening show he's in, basically. Um, and he's just this um, he's, he's a, this he's guy. A, he's uh, it's very interesting. He's like. You know, in yes, much the same way that I am a master of science, he is a master of gardening. Like he's just yeah. he's just the font of knowledge. He's the subject matter expert on gardening. 
like he shows up and tells you that everything you're doing is wrong, but like in a gentle way, in a way that like he suggests the actual like, no, actually, have you thought about doing it this way kind of thing? Because uh, you didn't think that putting the compost right next to your door would probably be a bad idea. What with the smells <laughs> of all that? <laughs> yeah, They're, I mean. He, he he just helps people doing gardening. He has all kinds of gardening shows. And he's, he's very charismatic. And I thought it was interesting how all of the normal people in the show treat him with a kind of reverence. Yes, he's he like, could, oh, he's coming. He could be a cult leader. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, like, well, and the show he, certainly seemed to try and it tried to inject some drama because, you know, the people would be working on their gardens and then the narrator yeah. would be like, oh, Monty's coming. Is it going to work out for them? <laughs> and like, he comes. It'll in, be fine. It'll and be he's fine. just he's just like so soothing, even when he's telling you that you're an idiot. Yeah, he's just because right. he's in he's in this mind space mm -hmm. that I, I feel like I want to achieve where he's just kind of like. He's like one with nature. Yeah, like he's, he's not, just he he's knows not, what he knows and he's not he head knows, in the clouds, he knows everything right? he needs to know. Yeah. And I think what that is exemplified by is the way he dresses. Mm. And that is really what I want to talk about. Okay. Um he wears a this very article, a very timely article. Yes, from I don't know 2005. 2005. <laughs> but it's a it's a editorial that he wrote for The Guardian about his fashion sense, what what he wears. So he says he gets a lot of letters and emails people wanting to like understand his clothing choices. Mm -hmm. And it, and it's because it does it does stand out like do a Google search of Monty Don clothes and you're gonna <laughs> i mean people are are into it there's even a, a put this on remember that remember that put this on that I, show hmm. on the internet uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah i think i had watched huh. it had that commercial guy yeah. in it uh sandy uh anyhow he he definitely has a fashion. So I just want people to get a visual for this, but, but to describe it with theater of the mind is he, he looks like a hobbit pretty much like, yes, he, he looks like he's come straight from a Peter Jackson movie. <laughs> yeah. He, he like not wearing, he's not wearing armor. Okay. Yeah, but it's a lot of earthy tone kind of stuff. And it's, yeah, it's like, like suspenders, suspenders, but like button suspenders, you know what I mean? Like yeah. he's, he, he, everything's like, twill I mean, he's wearing he's wearing a pair of high in this picture that i'm looking at a pair of high-waisted corduroy trousers yeah and a pull-on shirt which is sort of like a polo shirt but with more buttons but it still doesn't go all the way down yeah and it's like it, it looks like it's denim -y yeah every everything is like these like sort of old timey materials like like it's comfortable he, but also rugged right and and he just looks so comfortable, so comfortable. All that, like, it maybe looks that's like what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> you feel uncomfortable in your clothes? Well, no, just that maybe I, if I maybe I should wear more comfortable things, and then I would feel, you know, more peaceful, more zen. I, I mean, it could be true. I 
I I think that belts are oppressive. That is my position. Hmm. Um, I like a good now, belt. I have a I, fair number of belts. I wear belts, you know, but after, <laughs> as a concession to <laughs> to society. Yeah. But um, like I'm not gonna draw string pants or something. Like I'm not gonna, and I can't. I can't wear overalls everywhere. Um, or can I? Anyhow, I say you could. <laughs> it's it just he just looks so comfortable. I've started wearing suspenders again hmm. because of this man. I used to wear them before, and I and I was thinking, man, those were pretty comfortable. Like, it, it I just, have never tried suspenders. That's um, for an me thought. For me, the feeling of not having something banded tight around my waist is a feeling of freedom, hmm. and. Since I am a, a uh, rotund gentleman, um, we we generally have this issue where like our pants like will just like slide down all the time, and mm. I'm constantly have to pull my pants up. Suspenders does sound like a good solution to that. Yeah, like I just don't ever have to worry about that. I don't, and when I'm like bending over to do something. Um, this is the thing; it's like really practical. So, like, if you're in the garden and you're wearing a getup like this. You don't have to worry about when you bend over, your shirt tail is going to come untucked and you're going to be, you know, flying a, a plumber's crack or anything like that. It's 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 funny because it looks almost kind of formal or stodgy in some ways, mm -hmm. but it's actually more practical than what you would think, normally wear. To do you know, I, I think suspenders are coming back in style, I think partially from Monty Don and I think also from Terry Crews in Brooklyn Nine-Nine wearing suspenders, oh. too. What a good, what a, what a good suspender wearing. Just <laughs> love that man. He's so good. So, uh, I mean, that's basically all I really had to say about that, <laughs> but I just, I just feel like I wish this was a more acceptable fashion choice in the world. Like I wish I could just show up to work dressed like this guy mm -hmm. and that would be normal. Right. But I'm slowly trying to make that happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well yeah i would say you know do it do it one bit at a time don't change yeah. everything all at once right then i've started notice i've started with the suspenders right and we'll go from there i am now searching for suspenders so i'm probably gonna get some now i tell you what there's a lot of good suspenders i found ones on amazon that are because this is the problem with suspenders the best suspenders are the kinds that are attached with buttons Mm. so you sew buttons onto the inside of your pants and then the suspenders like loop over the button um but that requires the alteration the of your pants um then the, the clip-on kinds can kind of ruin your pants and sometimes mm. they like come undone or they're I, I don't know they and they kind of look a little not great i found ones that have like little almost like you know carabiner clip kind hmm. of a clip on the on the bottom so they clip onto the belt loops then yeah they hook onto the belt loops depending on where your belt loops are positioned on your on your pants um they work really well that's that's what i've been using lately i mean i've got i've got a lot of a lot of spenders hmm hmm how great would it be if we started a suspender revolution right now? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> we could change this world.
Yeah, just yeah, everyone I'm starts to try it. Suspenders. Yeah, I want to. I want to hear about this. We need to, we need to follow up on this. I yeah, follow up on this. Okay. <laughs> um, you're gonna tell me about Salt and Peppa. Oh yes, um, great duo. Um, I'm of course referring to the actual spices. Um, literally. <laughs> <laughs> there was a Slate article entitled "Against Pepper." What? Yeah. Uh, and it basically argues that pepper is um a bad spice. Um, Whoa. that or rather that like it should be used tactically, not you know, and and specifically rather than Tacti- just sort of tactically as in you should have uh you should wear like breakaway cargo pants that have a specific pocket for your pepper. To throw no, more like a here. you use it at specific times on specific things, and you don't just put it on everything. Um, I just got real, I, my my brain just like dodged off on tactical pepper. Yeah, I and, think so. You know, it asks like, why don't we have salt and cumin or salt and coriander? Um, mm, you know, I think yeah. so. There are good peppers, um, but usually, you know, the best way to get flavor out of pepper is to grind it you know immediately at the time of usage and of course that's not how we receive it because it's just kept in a shaker on every table so then it becomes kind of um it becomes kind of stale anyway so um you know pepper has its uses (laughs) yeah but we just we just put it on everything like without even thinking about it i've noticed that for sure pepper i think you know it makes a lot of sense on beef especially like a steak, you know, uh, put a little bit of black pepper on there. But then, you know, there's lots of other things. Like I personally, I use a lot of cumin. Um, Cumin is really underrated. Like people, people are sleeping on cumin. Yeah. And it says even that ancient Greek dinner tables used to have cumin in a little vessel and they would use it as such. So, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, I mean, look, you want to talk about spices? I can talk about spices. I I mean, we don't even own a pepper shaker or salt shaker. Like, really? I have a grinder for those. We do. We have we have salt and pepper grinders, but I also have I have these um these like round plastic containers that hold a, a ton of different spices. They're used a lot of times in Indian households, like. Indian kitchens. Mm-hmm. So they, they're like a round container that has cups in it that you can put your various spices in. Hmm. So like you just take out the container and you just grab spices and it's got a little teaspoon in it. And like, mm-hmm. I was wondered when I was looking at Indian recipes, why everything's measured in, in teaspoons. Like there's no tablespoons. It's all teaspoons. And a lot of the times it's like one or two. It's like not half teaspoons, even that much. It's like, does that make sense? It's like quantities of teaspoons. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so anyhow, that, that whole like thing is cool because you have all these different spices you can use and you just pull out the container, use the spices, put them, put them away or pull out the cups that you need at the time. So yeah, I started getting into that and uh, using a whole, a lot of different spices and I really love cumin. It's, I like, so I cumin. have like whole I like, spices. Um... I like cumin. I use oregano, paprika. 
Um, those are the ones that I stock in large quantities. And then I have, you know, plenty of other spices as, as called for, but yeah. I really like sumac, which is like a little red berry that's ground up. It's got like a tart kind of like almost lemony flavor. Hmm. It's on a lot of, um, like Mediterranean and Middle Eastern food. Um, and I like, I use that. It's nice to put it on like a, you get some yogurt and you put some sumac on it and put some onions in it or maybe some cucumbers and you got like a real delicious dip for like some bread or something, pita bread. Interesting. Yeah. It's pretty good. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. Well, welcome back to Spice Talk. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Today we'll we... be discussing turmeric. <laughs> turmeric is uh people are way into turmeric yeah it's like a it's like a health thing too yeah yeah i don't get it it's like turmeric to me is like lame ginger (laughs) it's like it tastes like it was trying to become ginger and then it was like i can't i give up yeah see uh, yeah i mean i'm thinking of all the other things i use use a lot of garlic i use a lot of ginger too yeah. Oh man, I'm hungry. Use now. more spices. Don't Use, limit yourself to salt and pepper. Not just salt and pepper. You can you can get get crazy. Go just go go somewhere and just find a new spice and just try it out. I say. Buy yourself a salt assortment. A salt assortment. Yeah, I have one. It's like a little carousel with a whole bunch of not a salt assortment, a spice assortment. Oh, okay. I was like, dang. <laughs> but you could get yourself salt. a salt assortment too. That could be interesting, but. uh yeah. This morning yeah. I had I had I had avocado toast with uh sprinkled with Malden sea salt because of the texture Ooh, of the flaking. It was, it was pretty tasty. Mm-hmm. But don't overdo it on the salt. Watch your blood pressure. <laughs> you know what? That's a myth. Um it turns out that like most of My the My doctor salt... would disagree. Well, okay, so most of the I mean, yeah, okay, consult your doctor, but most of the salt intake that people get is from uh, processed foods. It's not from added. Well, salt. yes, this is true. So if you want to watch very your much salt affect intake, your blood pressure. So, you know, it, don't. Well, eat, and the other thing is so that processed foods, it can affect your blood pressure for certain people. So it also depends on whether you're one of those people. But I mean, Hello. you know, talk to your doctor, whatever. Hello. But, <laughs> Hello. Me. <laughs> I'm not I'm not I'm not a doctor so but I am a bachelor and you're a master. It's mm. important. I guess I should mm. listen to you cuz you're a master of science. Well, yeah. I mean, I know a thing or two about blood pressure at this point. Knowledge. So That's speaking, great. Speaking of blood pressure, mm. um, <laughs> are we going to make ours rise now? <laughs> okay. I want to talk about something deep breath, called, deep breath. Called, <laughs> called uh tactical framing now this aggression (laughs) will not stand man (laughs) tactical framing is something i've been thinking about for like i've been thinking about like a lot like almost constantly for the past i would say like a month and then there was this like vox video that came out Mm -hmm. that discussed it that that made the rounds little like explainer about tactical framing. So um, I feel like it's like a good 
a good concept to spell out because I think a lot of what we talk about here is, is kind of trying to like get through all of the assumptions that we have about how right. things there's, do there's work and how that, they can. Yeah. There's a way that people talk about things that often obscures the actual issues at hand. And it keeps us from being able to like have an imagination about things. Mm-hmm. It keeps us from being able to like envision uh, like a better future or envision the possibilities. Right. It, it's yeah. It, you hate it to really it. Myers, <laughs> really folks. You hate to see it. You hate to see it. it Myers us down. Um, so what, what tactical framing is, is it's, is it's, it's a way of talking about issues or talking about the world or talking about politics, talking about anything from a, uh, a frame point of, I would say like partisanship, but not literally like political partisanship, but just like, how does this play? So the example is if you, if you, if you read news coverage about the green new deal, it doesn't like none of it talks about what the green new deal is. It doesn't talk about the actual policy. What it spends most of its time discussing is, well, is this feasible? You know, is this giving leverage to one party or the other? Yeah. Um, It basically talks around it rather than about it. Because it's because what it what it's, it's like you don't want to acknowledge the you know you discuss that to, there is there an elephant in the room do we like trying, that there's an elephant in the room to like create drama it's yeah. trying to create conflict and mm. if everything is about conflict and about you know who's up who's down who's winning who's losing then then you can't really ever get to like substance. Which is like like the whole reason, you know, we theoretically would be talking about things. So I think this this has like been in the news. This has been something that the news media does. You, you see on TV, you listen to on radio and stuff, but now it's become like how we communicate, which is I think where it be- started to become like a huge problem. Mm-hmm. Because if if everything is about how does this benefit or hurt republicans or democrats or you know this this side or this how does it then then automatically you think oh well what's my team and what does this mean to my team instead of what does this mean to me (laughs) what does this mean to everybody Mm -hmm. so in, in in an example of in light of climate change right people talk about climate change and they always frame it as okay we can do climate change but it's too hard or not enough people are on board so it's it's probably not possible they always frame it like without saying like the uh, the alternative do nothing is like they say it's too drastic right it's too expensive Mm -hmm. well compared to what yeah (laughs) compared to dying (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Uh, i don't know it's just kind of like just do nothing isn't like a real position i don't know i mean 
Yeah, and people try to make it into one, but yeah, that's not how it works. Just let the bomb explode. It's too right. difficult to defuse. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> it doesn't expi- oh, it doesn't well. explain the immediacy of the problem. Mm-hmm. Um which is I don't know. So like yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think of like another example that we've seen this happening lately. Well, like Medicare for all too. Well, that's a know. good one. Um they don't talk about necessarily what it means or what effects it will have. I guess they just say like, do you like it? Um, you know, <laughs> can it pass? Is it um, socialism? Is it not socialism? Right. What is if it, it replaces your private insurance? And if you ask people, you know, do you like this thing that would mean your private insurance would go away without really explaining to them how the new thing works? Like, I feel like it's not surprising that a lot of people are hesitant about that, but that's just, it, you know, that's the framing of the issue. And the question that you're asking is that you're saying, you know. Yeah, how you frame it, how you frame it affects how you how you perceive it and how you interpret it and what you believe to a certain extent, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're constantly only being meted out like one <laughs> framing, yeah, uh, it's going to like ad- adversely affect your ability to like think about something. So like the in that in that that same issue with like say Medicare for all or healthcare, you know, it's it's too expensive. Like for who? <laughs> right it's not too expensive for all of the people who don't have health care yeah uh it's it's not too expensive for the people who who uh are paying an exorbitant amount of money for really low quality health care right now who would like save money in the long term right mm-hmm. so like i've started asking like really trying to remind myself when i hear assertions like like that like we mm-hmm. can't do this or it's too expensive or it will it will hurt people or it's unfair or something like that to ask like for who right maybe that's like the definition of marxism or something <laughs> like- yeah maybe i don't know but you know yeah it's a good point consider the 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 motives and the background of the unspoken people making part. the assertions yeah the know. unspoken part of the assertion is i think is often like the most important part because it tells you really where people are coming from and really what they're concerned about. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so like asking, asking, well, you know, according to who is another right. really good one. Yeah. <laughs> like fact, these things aren't just facts on their, like, well, who, who verifies that? Mm-hmm. Who's the person? Who's the expert? Why, why do they have that? that belief you know i don't know yeah i just feel like uh it's interesting yeah it's interesting how how often things get framed in a way to create drama basically and that's the the whole objective you know it's not the news doesn't want to necessarily tell you how you know the green new deal works or whatever probably because that wouldn't be engaging like you know if they read the bill they people don't want to tune in for that but what they do what they will tune in for is like a fight basically you know and who's winning I think, who's losing and i think it's it's generative so that every time 
there's like a, a, a wind shift. They can now write a new story. They can now, you know, put out a new episode. They can now right. drive, which, which will ultimately drive more clicks, more eyeballs, and they get their ad revenue. You know, like that's really what's driving the whole thing. Like, mm-hmm. so their, their, their incentive is not to inform. The incentive is to keep you tuned in. Mm-hmm. So, right, I mean, right. it's not, yeah, they're not right. They're just trying to make money for advertisers. And if, you know, they don't have any viewers, then that, that doesn't happen. So, yeah. And that's not, I'm not trying to like tear down the whole institution because I'm like, there's serious people doing serious. I am. Destroy it. it. Tear <laughs> it all down. Fatality. <laughs> We, 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 there was something that's related to this that we, we weren't going to talk about because you hadn't watched it, mm. but I think I can, there's, there's just a quote that I want to put me on the it. spot here. So I'm going to put you on the spot. You don't, I mean, the good you, news is you're fired. <laughs> oh, dang. Um, what well, was a nice run? <laughs> How do I, oh no, I didn't want to make a, Oh, that went weird. Anyhow. <laughs> there there was a interview with alexandria ocasio-cortez from at south by southwest mm-hmm. it's really good i it's it's long i highly suggest everyone go and watch it and but there's just there's two quotes from it that uh, that i think tie into this tactical framing idea and and this is honestly like one of the things that it was something I was thinking about. And then when I heard her say these things, I was just like pounding my desk being like, yes, 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 yes. This is it. You know, I was like, yes. this, 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 this is a, such a good elucidation of what I'm thinking. And the first thing she said is the idea that political will is our greatest obstacle should be the most embarrassing thing to us. And, hmm. and political will is is what framing is about do we have the political will to go to the moon yeah we chose to go to the moon because we have the political will to do it (laughs) that would have been a uh somehow because it is inspiring because we have the political will to do so (laughs) and that's totally how we frame everything now Mm-hmm. There's no room for imagination. There's no room for excitement. There's no reason, no, no, or no room for like, I don't there's know, really big not, ideas. Yeah, there's not really room for you to think about and and you know come up with your own. You're you're not meant to think too deeply or too creatively. <laughs> yeah, there are and, a lot of and, people who would really want you to think that you know our only options are this extremely limited set of things we go back and forth on. Yes, know. and the, and the question is, who does that stand to benefit? Right. <laughs> I actually have an example of this because recently, so the roads up here are terrible, um, and they have been trying to figure out how to make them better. And so one of the proposals they've had is to raise the gas tax here, here oh, okay. which I don't think is a super great idea personally. Yeah. But um, the article that I was reading was saying that our governor basically has three options. She can do nothing. She can raise vehicle registration fees or she can raise the gas tax. And I read that line and then I thought, surely those aren't the only three possible things that she can do here. (laughs) Like there are clearly other options on the table. Yeah. But, you know, everyone just is like, well, we got to raise something. 
you know and it's like i don't know like it, my my mind is like you know if the state is the one who's you know maintaining all these highways it is in effect you know a single buyer right it's a monopsony so why can't they just say we're not going to pay that much for that work <laughs> because the company you know the road companies yeah you know it's not like they have really other options necessarily i mean they need work yeah you know? right <laughs> you could you yeah i mean i kind of am familiar with some of that process from from where i've worked uh, right there's some give and take there but yeah, yeah but it's like you know clearly there are other things that they could try to do you know i mean even even as insane as like well let's like just comp- and this is not a good option but you know we need more like blue sky solutioneering here right we need more like big thinking throw it all up on the board and then you can narrow it down but if you start mm-hmm. with such a narrow group of options like an option could be like completely uh just unpave all the roads just grind them all up (laughs) we don't have roads anymore well no the problem is some libertarian's gonna come in from the back and be like what if we privatize the highways (laughs) what just sell what if i have to pay a toll to leave my house (laughs) you have to pay a toll the moment (laughs) moment i pull out of your driveway (laughs) yeah the moment i step off my property I have to... <laughs> right. Yeah. I, well, you know what? Throw that one up on the board too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Let's talk about it. Let's have a debate about. Let, mm-hmm. I'm fine with those things being options. Like, but if you just limit yourself to, usually it is an option. Let's be honest. Usually that is something that's definitely included because it's in the interest of people who stand to make money <laughs> or gain power from from that. So. Right. That usually is one that's on the board, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, the, but the idea that political will is our greatest obstacle should be the most embarrassing thing to us. We should be, we should be deeply ashamed that, that we have no hope and no imagination that we, that we are just surrendering ourselves to a slow death as the sun cooks us and our children that like the fact that we've just relinquished everything and given up is pathetic yeah (laughs) like well the opinion polls say that it's not popular so i guess we just can't do it (laughs) the opinion the opinion polls say i shouldn't defuse this bomb so right we're just gonna let it blow up and kill these children (laughs) some of the polls are in support of the bomb (laughs) some of the polls want us they're saying detonate the bomb detonate the bomb (laughs) oh my gosh the the other quote that i pulled from this is she says i think one of the keys to dismantling fear is dismantling a zero-sum mentality what does that mean it means the rejection outright of the logic that says that someone else's gain necessitates my loss and that my gain necessitates someone else's loss yeah, I think this is people internalizing our economic system as our political system and getting them confused. Yeah. In our economic system, capitalism, like it is kind of a zero sum game. You know, you sell, someone buys, you make a loss, someone else profits kind of a thing. Um, But that's not true of our political system, because like 
you know, when we, uh, you know, like pass sweeping legislation that gives new rights to people, it usually doesn't remove, you know, a, the same amount of rights from another group of people. You know, it's just we have the ability to make changes that positively affect all of us. And, and we don't, you know, just because one group gained doesn't mean that we all lost, you know, because like. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, there's 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 so many specific historical examples of that zero sum mindset stopping important things from happening. Like, look at look at civil rights. Mm hmm. The fear, the fear of, you know, the the granting these these civil rights to to people, you know, in the civil rights movement, like, you know, giving them the right to vote or what, you know, all these sorts of these sorts of things is that, well, that could and that could adversely affect me. Right. But like if we stop discriminating against these people, then. You know, then who, you know, what else is going to happen? And you see yeah, that kind of like stuff. Like I might lose my job or something. <laughs> and it, and it and it might not even be. And this is the thing that I think a lot of people struggle with talking about. This is is it might not even be that someone thinks this because they're racist. Now they're buying into a racist notion, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But someone's not. I mean, I've talked to people who were around at that time and it was, it was, it was like an economic argument or it was a, some other kind of, it was a argument about the, the rule, the rule role of government, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, and it's your inability to imagine something else and your, your fear of like the risks or the fear, the because you've bought into this either or zero sum thing that, that causes you to be like, well, no, just stop. Just nothing. Just stop. No further. Mm. But, right. if, but guess what? Like civil rights movement happened. There was, there was a bunch of changes. <laughs> Rights were granted. Yeah. You know, or I guess you should say restored or something. I don't know what the right terminology is that I'm right. using here, but basically recognized me that stuff happened and all of the doom and and fears that that people had about you know opening that pandora's box mm. uh, did not become reality yeah and that that is the story that keeps happening over and over and over and over again and maybe you have an argument that i'm wrong that that it did you know whatever certain things did cause problems, but they like make that argument mm -hmm. and, and prove it, you know, instead of just, uh, <laughs> digging in your heels at every single corner. I don't know. Yeah. I like I'm not expressing myself very well here, but the, it is, it is just like deeply frustrating to me that everything has to be competitive. I think you're so right. Like it's like internalizing capitalism. Mm -hmm. And the thing about it, and this is going to like, I'm going to get egged <laughs> by, uh. by people on the left for saying this, but like, even within capitalism, there's, there's so much room for non-zero sum. There's, there's, there's places like, yeah, the, the, the example I constantly bring up is, is, uh, 
like my favorite burger place is in and out burger. Cause I'm from California. Mm. It's like it's like indoctrinated into you. Typical, <laughs> typical Californian. But the thing is they pay their workers. Um, like, a yeah, by all wage. accounts, it's like a very good company in terms Everyone of like their corporate there. responsibility. Yeah. I mean, and they have other problems. Like they're like kind of wacky religious in in ways that are kind of uncomfortable and they donate to like you know, you know it's weird that good restaurants are often like <laughs> well you know what i think part of it has to do like part of that religious kind of cultural ethical identity kind of like for a lot of people there's negative parts of it but there's also real positive parts that like bleed over into like well unlike other people i can't live with myself if i treat all my employees like garbage like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you know it it can have that effect too i think but like they eat for as long as i can remember you know they provide health insurance to their employees they give them opportunities for career advancement like they invest in their employees they give them like reasonable vacation and stuff like that Hmm. um which for fast food places is (laughs) pretty much you know extremely rare yeah yeah it's very rare and i and i've also noticed that like that they have like a you know when i go to in and out like they have a fairly like diverse employee base too it's something that always stood out to me Mm -hmm. so i mean it's a pretty it's a pretty good example that it doesn't have to be zero sum it doesn't it's like completely the opposite of mcdonald's and everywhere and guess what the food is really good it's yeah. really high quality and you get it's almost like food made by people who care it tastes better than food made by people who don't care yeah and they and i i'm i'm sure that a lot of it has to do with the fact that they're not trying to eke every little last penny of profit from their product right like they're not Razor marking margins up, yeah they're not marking up their products super Jeez, high an extra 20 cents yeah they're so they're not making as much profit, you know, as they could, but their motive is not just that. Mm-hmm. And so even within a capitalist framework, there's so much more room to get past that zero sum ideology. But like it's just so permeates our society that everything is a competition between you and someone else. Mm-hmm. And it's so toxic. Like yeah. imagine, imagine how that I mean. I imagine how that would affect your relationship with like your spouse. If it's, if you view everything as zero sum, like I can imagine that's not going to work out too well. Yeah. (laughs) Just very, yeah. Very silly. (laughs) And then you bring kids into the situation and it's like, Oh, well now we've got a bunch of uh, (laughs) people who are going to, you know, it's it's me or them. That can't be healthy. So I don't know. I just really wanted to talk about that because I I feel like if we get past that idea of everything has to be framed tactically, you know, how is this, how is this going to play? If we get past that, if we get past zero sum mentality, then we can start to have some really cool ideas and we can start to imagine a, a much better world. And folks, that's what we're all here for. We love it. We love it. <laughs> was that was was that anything? <laughs> <laughs>
All right. Well, I think we can call that a wrap. Let me tell Craig to. Oh, I'm trying to find. I sent you a mail. I don't know. Whatever. You sent me something. I can't find it. I have no idea what I'm doing. I was not prepared for this. I'm trying and I'm learning. Thank you for your patience. There's so many mistakes I have already made, but I'm working to be better day by day. And I think I'm gonna make it, but for now I'll say I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea what I'm doing.